pharmacists are going to have to be able to show what they bring to the table. Where's the value? Why in them? It's not just the knowledge that you learn. It's the really the ability to communicate that knowledge. Welcome to the latest edition or episode of The Current, Tur University California's alumni podcast. Joining us today is Dr. Fatima Sadat, a 2016 graduate of the College of Pharmacy. Uh, welcome. Thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me back, Glenn. I appreciate it. Oh, it's our pleasure. Um, so people that, that haven't met you or haven't seen you before on a podcast or anything like that, uh, why, don't you, why don't you tell us about your, your career journey in the pharmaceutical industry prior to coming to uh, Toro University, California? It's, uh, it looks like you were in the pharmaceutical sales and marketing field. Um, how did that come about? Yeah. Um, so not definitely the path that I thought I'd be on. I was an undergrad student at Davis pre-med. I thought I would, um, you know, study for a year for my MCATs and go back to medical school. I attended a, um, a, uh, what do they call it? Those workshops where the, all the kind of industry comes in at work event and the pharmaceutical industry Merck was there at the time. And I thought, let me just kind of, you know, talk to them. I gave them my resume. One thing led to another. And I went down the path of working versus taking my MCATs and going back to medical school. But it definitely was a, a full circle and a progression. Um, I worked for both Merck and Bayer Pharmaceuticals for about six and a half years as a sales rep. Um, I worked both in California and then my uh, path took me out to the Midwest in Wisconsin where my husband was completing a residency and did some time out there. And then after that, um, my mom is actually the one that it was like, do or die. You have to go back to graduate school. Uh, so after about six and a half years there, um, I decided to go back and to go back to pharmacy school. Well, that's great. And what made you choose Toro University of California for pharmacy school? So I only applied to two schools, uh, UOP and Toro. And at the time, my mom was in Vacaville. She still is. And I needed to be close. I had a three-year-old at the time. But I also like the fact that Toro had two years of rotations. Um, that was definitely a plus in my book. And just talking to people, um, if you only have a year, you really don't know um, what maybe career path you want to go down. So that two plus two, which I hear that it is changing, but at the time that definitely was a plus in my book. Okay. So they have in fact uh, switched over to uh, uh, a three-year program, mm -hmm. um, but they've done it in a way that, and I've talked to, to other alums of the, the uh, pharmacy program here uh, that have actually looked, compared their curriculum with the current curriculum and, and they've made it They've, they've done it in such a way that, that pretty much everything that you were exposed to, the current students are being exposed to, they're just able to complete it in three years. Nice. That's wonderful. I, I, I know Dean Scott, that was, a, that was a big, big push for him to, to not give up, you know, the good things about the four-year program when transitioning to the three-year program. Right. Um, so you work with... Uh, Atsuka Pharmaceutical Companies. Did mm -hmm. I say that correctly? Yeah. Yep, okay. You did. Uh, and you joined them shortly after finishing your time here at Toro. Why don't you describe for our listeners, um, you know, what you do there and and kind of how your your uh, path has progressed since you started there? 
Yeah. Um, and to back up a little bit, so I actually went to pharmacy school to become an MSL, a medical science liaison, as they call it. Um, I remember my classmates had no idea what that was. A lot of them were either community or inpatient, right, um, driven or AMCARE. And for me really to go back is because I knew what an MSL did because I did work in the sales arena for a quite an extensive amount of time. And I knew if I wanted to be an MSL, you have to have a D, a doctorate behind your name. So um, because I knew that, um, I talked to different individuals at school. I would try to go to the AMCP events. And um, really it was one of my professors who put me in contact, Dr. Shadi Drugar, uh, with Butsuka at the time. I actually had my interview um, right. I was still in pharmacy school. So I graduated, I believe like June 1st, I walked and June 3rd is when I, um, started my position here. So I hadn't even completed my degree while I was in the interviewing uh, process. And really, if, um, if you guys know anything about the pharmaceutical industry and these jobs, they don't like to talk to anybody without experience. And it really is a catch 22 because how do you get experience if nobody will give you an opportunity? And uh, the career path of like Rutgers or fellowships wasn't an option for me. So for me, uh, this one opportunity at uh, Otsuka really was a do or die. I put everything in to ensure that it, um, I would do well in the interview process. Um, and it went well. They gave me an opportunity. Uh, they told me they would be watching me closely, but I've been here <laughs> at Otsuka for seven years now. And here at Otsuka, we have three different levels for MSLs. We have uh, base, senior, and director level. And about a month ago, I was promoted to the director level. So congratulations. Yeah, thanks. So somebody with no experience, nothing coming in, but working hard definitely does pay off. And so how did your time at Turo prepare you for your, your current role? Yeah, you know, they um, they really do say pharmacy is a small world, and I didn't know what they meant. Um, Toro is great in terms of its education, right? The experience you have with the professors, kind of they're, they're open. You can talk to them. It was my professor who got me my job. They really do want to help. And then that two years, so I was in the mindset that um, because I knew industry was so hard to get into that I was going to take whatever career path that kind of came along because everybody would say, do a fellowship, do a, you know, a, a residency. So the two years of rotations really helped to build kind of my network. And I, I like to call your brand um, because people, if you build a good brand in those two years of rotation, even if you don't want to do community, um, it really holds true that maybe that community preceptor's best friend works in industry and in the company that you want to go to. So I would work extra hard. Um, I listened to my professors in terms of building your brand, building your kind of your reputation, uh, going the extra mile because we had students that did academically really well, but unfortunately maybe didn't have the best reputation and didn't get residencies um, because of that, they had to go out of state. And um, not only in industry, but coming out of uh, Toro, 
I actually had two inpatient job offers just because of kind of that work ethic that was put upon me in my two years of rotation. So really Toro, not only in terms of its strong educational foundation, but in, in having the, that wide array of rotations available and that connections with every space helped me prepare me for my role. And how important did you find it to, to or maybe I should ask, did you target specific rotations uh, while you were here for those two years? Yeah, unfortunately, Toro at the time didn't really have, um, I think they had like one FDA rotation. Things that might have changed uh, since I've been there. It's been a while. Um, but I just picked rotations that I knew that I would enjoy in the vicinity that I knew I could get to. Um, I think a lot of my rotations were here at North Bay and, you know, uh, inpatient AmCare, everything that you could imagine. And re I really had strong preceptors. Um, I had preceptors that, you know, made my life, you know, very hard and challenging, but that I really appreciate now because they instilled in you a good work ethic. And I think a good work ethic and rotations translates over into the real world for your job. Now, would you character, it sounds like the interaction that you had with your, with your preceptors, um, and I'm not sure if it was kind of an official thing or an unofficial thing, but they kind of sound to me like they, they might have served at least in some capacity as mentors for you. And if, if that's the case, if you could expand on how important that was, and if that wasn't the case, maybe just talk about what your experience uh, was as a student with finding mentors and, and how important you think that is for people in the profession to, to uh, offer themselves up as mentors. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um mentorship whether being a mentor or having a mentor is extremely important because i feel like you're only as good as the network around you and i feel as pharmacists and especially sometimes i see the pharmacy students we aren't vocal people um we maybe think that you know book smarts is everything but the ability to communicate and advocate for yourself and learn from other people so in everything that i went through um people told me the paths that they had gone down and that essentially if I go down those same paths, that's how I should do it. But I was in the mindset of I'm going to carve my own path. So I didn't disregard the, the advice that I heard, but I took it in and kind of created my own path. And I would say that is so invaluable because if you don't have those mentors around you to talk to you, to educate you, to tell you, hey, listen, these are the mistakes I made or hey, listen, this is what worked for me. And it's not to say you follow exactly in their footsteps. You take what they give you and you make it your own. So at Toro, I mean, Dr. Shadi Drugar, you know, um, uh, I forgot what lab we were in, but she said, hey, you know what? Come see me after you graduate. Come see me. And I thought, how is she going to even help me right in industry? But lo and behold, the company that wanted to hire her, she introduced me. She was a wonderful mentor my entire time right at Toro. Um, the preceptors that I interacted with, the, the students that are in classes ahead of you, right? You don't even have to go to preceptors. The students that have done the curriculum, you ask, hey, how, how did you study? What worked for you? So I, I really think it's imperative that students are vocal on their own behalf. And that doesn't just stop at the student level. So in my role, 
I have specific people that I know what to call for. If I need something in terms of PK, I know who to call for. If I need something more on the business side of things, I know the mentor to call to. So it's a never ending learning process and tapping into your resources and mentors are, is invaluable. Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, while we're talking about your time here at Toro, what were some of what were some of your highlights going through the program? Um, I mean, it could be anything, not necessarily, you know, oh, well, you know, the professors were great. Um, it could be fun stuff as well. Yeah, so not the blocks every six weeks. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, Toro, I mean, I feel like just their support and their caring for their students on every level. Um, Dr. Lucinda Chan, and her roundtable discussions with AMCP and people from industry. Um, I definitely really enjoyed those. That's where I got to network and meet a lot of different people. Um, just the rotations, the, the vast variety of rotations that I got to experience. And the fact that, you know, the, the curriculum is challenging and difficult and um, you appreciate that. You realize you really do get a wonderful education. So. I mean, I, I really do feel, I mean, when you're in it, it's hard. I remember my first week of class, I was like, I, I'm not made for this. I don't even know what, the, I don't even know what he's talking about, but they really do help to guide you along and, and create really strong candidates. Great. Um, so when people think of pharmacists, um, you know, kind of lay people, a lot of them may just think of, oh, well, I went to my doctor and I got a prescription and I'm going to go to the pharmacy and pick up my prescription. But there's a there's a wide array of careers um, uh, that a PharmD degree can open the door much like it did for you with your current job. Um, what other career paths do you see for today's new pharmacy students and new pharmacists? Right. So I really feel that the, the students that are graduating today need to be able to be agile and be flexible because, I mean, there's so much information out there, right, that the, the face of pharmacy is changing, especially with AI and technology and Amazon coming into play, things that can be automated. So really, I really do feel like pharmacists are going to have to be able to show what they bring to the table. Where is the value lie in them? It's not just the knowledge that you learn. It's the really the ability to communicate that knowledge. If you look at me and my everyday role, um, we have individuals who are super smart, but if you can't communicate clearly, effectively, concisely, you can't do this job. You can do it, but you're not going to do it well. So really looking at different, um, careers, just if I tell you in the pharmaceutical industry, uh, it's not just the role of the MSL. We have med info where pharmacists or staff, you want to call and you want to get, you know, information that's not within the package insert. Med info, the pharmacists are there. Clinical trials, it's pharmacists who kind of, you know, oversee that, that uh, information, uh, remote roles that happen with them, you know, developing clinical trials. So many different companies, um, a pharmacist leading that and you do use your skills. So the one thing that, you know, like how does your skill set translate into your, your current role? Um, I just on the presentation I just did talked about PK and drug drug interactions and SIP 3A4 2D6. So it's not that your four years of school are kind of put to the wayside just because you're not dispensing medication or you don't have patient interaction. I really do feel that the, the face of pharmacy is going to have to evolve into maybe a more indirect role. Um. 
So as you look to the future of pharmacy here in the U.S. and, and um, you know the different career paths that are that that you kind of see on the near horizon, um, you know what's what are the prospects for current PharmD candidates as you see them? Like right. If you, if you um, had to pick, you know, these two paths right here look like they're going to gain a lot of traction in the next five years. Oh, um, well, I would definitely say maybe what not to pick, maybe community. Um, I would say that that area is definitely evolving and changing. But um, research and development from a pharmacist's point of view, absolutely, companies cannot proceed if they don't have people with doctorates behind their name, including pharmacists, paving that path forward. So um, definitely that area would be good. And I still feel like inpatient, they're always going to need good pharmacists, right, in, in that area to be able to do that job and do it effectively. So I'm sure there are many more that I'm just not privy to or have the expertise in. Um, but I would say that those two areas probably are still going to be needed within the next five years. Great. Um, one question. Uh, I think we might be able to finish off with one question if you've got a, another couple of minutes. Um, yeah. What charges your batteries? What keeps you what keeps you going? I mean, this is this is exacting work that that pharmacists do. Um, you know, how do you how do you uh, balance that against um, you know, try to find a work-life balance, for example, or, or keep your sanity, as it were. Yeah, <laughs> it's a really good question because uh, in my role, um, I'm not a nine to five. Uh, you could literally work this job, you know, so many hours a day because there's always something to do. But I'll tell you what keeps me going for my work is when I talk to my colleagues and they tell me, hey, Fatima, that presentation you did with this doctor, this provider, they got so much value out of it. They said it changed the way they think about their patients, the way they prescribe their medications. And I deal with really good, like educated people like psychiatrists. And here I am a pharmacist and I have to educate them, right? So I have to hold that line of, I better be, I better know what I'm talking about, but I have to do it in a way that's respectful. So when I hear that, that really kind of makes me happy because I know at the end of the day, I have affected patients. And then, I mean, I've got a busy life. I've got a 14-year-old who just started high school. I have a two-year-old. Um, but I try to have my own time too. My older son, anytime I'm contemplating going to yoga, he's like, mom, you always feel better when you do it. So just go do it. And so I, I listen to him. I go and I take that time for myself or I exercise, I walk, I try to... Um, uh, also show gratitude to be grateful for, for the situation. And every time I'm exhausted, overwhelmed, I just look around me and I, I'm thankful for what I've been able to accomplish. Well, that's about our time for today. Dr. Sadat, I want to thank you for joining us on The Current. Mm -hmm. And to our listeners out there, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen. Take care, everyone. Thanks. Have a good day. Mm -hmm.